Welcome back to tomorrow's office talk. This episode, we're going over week two, giving you a little recap. We'll also be going over our winless and our undefeated teams. Big surprises there. NFL Week 2 officially in the books. I got to admit something to you, DeAndre. Do you know what the Sunday scaries are? Uh, I don't. So, Sunday, I feel like it's a, it's almost like a pandemic. It's like you get halfway through the Sunday and all you start thinking about is work on Monday. So, it's like kind of creeping up on you, you know what I'm saying? Like giving you a little bit of anxiety maybe or just like – or just even the fact that you just don't want to go to work tomorrow. You don't want the weekend to end. You know what? I think I've heard of that at work, and I've always thought about it, and I never—I've actually never thought about it. Like I—I I didn't know that was a thing because uh-huh. it's not a thing with me. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it's like something good coming to an end almost, and it's—it's it's already hitting me for the NFL. Like thinking that we're already in week two, and I'm just like, this—it's going to go by so fast. And next thing you know, it's off season, and then we're waiting which feels like just the most absurd amount of time until it comes back. Yeah, it's it's fucking long. It, I don't I'm I'm in my head. I'm in my head about it. Yeah, I guess we enjoy it while it's here. Yeah, just kind of kind of focus on it, man. <laughs> but let's go ahead and let's get into this recap. Uh we did briefly talk about the Vikings and Eagles last time we recorded, you know, kind of giving our preview. I would like to touch on them again. Uh, just because thinking about everything that happened, you know, it finished 34 to 28. People love to say Kirk can't show up in primetime. I think this was a really, really good game for him in the fact that it kind of gets rid of that stigma and it was more of a team loss, in my opinion, because he did, I mean, he went 364 yards with four touchdowns and no interceptions. That is a fantastic primetime game. Like, really, really good. And I think the team really let them down that time. You know, granted, I think the Eagles were finally clicking pretty well on offense. I know A.J. Brown didn't really get going, but, like, you had DeAndre Swift go absolutely off. And then uh, you had the um, Devontae Smith. He's obviously a dog. Like, he's going crazy. So it was a tough game in general, but I feel like the Vikings really, as a team, let them down, not necessarily Kirk. No, it wasn't. I don't put the blame on Kirk at all. I don't even, I don't really blame the Vikings for the loss because I mean the Eagles are on a mission to get back to the Super Bowl. The uh Devontae Smith going off. I didn't expect that. He's a great receiver, don't get me wrong. It's just they I'm just used to them keeping a sort of balance with yeah. AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. But I think there's just been starting to get those looks where he can kind of just take the top off with the speed. Because week one he did like a similar touchdown. Yeah. Like he just he's just fast. He burned yeah. the dude that was the one on one with him and just never stood a chance. Yeah, Gotta happen I mean, again. And maybe they're scheming to where like, hey, we're gonna get three to four plays where we're gonna have a solid look at you. I mean, that could just be what's going on. And then keep using AJ for those under routes, you know, get a few of those looks for him. Granted he was really frustrated. I think he's gonna have a huge week three because of those conversations he had with Hertz, but yeah, that frustration, that's, I don't know, that's part of the game where you may not, the night may not go your way. I don't think he really, I mean, him being a veteran, I don't think he should have, like, expressed that in the way he did. 
I agree. It should have been something handled afterwards. Yeah, handle oh, afterwards, yeah. pumping up your your damn their rookie receiver. He's not, I know he's not a rookie, but your young receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Out there having a great game, and then you're complaining because you're not getting the ball. I mean, you yeah. guys are winning. Come on. Now. Yeah. I know he kind of had a little bit of a stigma when he was with Tennessee, too. Kind of showing yeah. his head a little bit. I, I really hope it's like a learning thing for him. Like, even – Obviously, we won't know like what they talked about afterwards, but I kind of hope it was like, a, hey, like, I hope you understand. I was just really irritated in the moment. Like, I just want those looks. I want to be part of this win type of thing. Yeah. We'll see. Moving forward, I like I said, I think next week you'll probably have a really good game, really big bounce back game, and kind of probably stay cool head. I mean, you're on one of the best teams in the NFL. Like, definitely take those wins, man. Yeah, take them. I mean, they'll need you when it when it really counts. Yeah, absolutely. You got anything else you want to talk on this one? Like I said, I know we kind of talked about it last time, so a little bit brief, but. No, no, we're good there. Cool. Moving on down the list to our first Sunday afternoon game. We have Packers at the Falcons. Falcons winning 25-4. to They are now undefeated. Packers 1-1. One one. I think the Packers would have won this if they weren't so banged up, in my opinion. Um. These newer, these newer players, these younger players, they give those those vet defenders a hard time. Um, a little bit of an example: Patrick Peterson on the Steelers. He's having a hard time checking any of these young receivers. Um, but being that you have Drake London, Bijan Robinson, and Algier, that's going to give defenses problems. I mean, Drake, Drake London had a great game. Bijan Robinson had a great game. He he had 100-plus yards on the ground and had, what, six catches? And I think for 48 yards. Um, overall, that's, that's a great thing to have at the running back position. That's what I've kind of been talking about. Like, the running backs are going um, two-way. If you have a two-way running back, you get, a more, you get more for your buck. Yeah, they're they're more valuable than like a pure running back in the league right now. Like a more valuable than like a Nick Chubb and all that. Like it's really good. It helps with the offense. The league's turning into the passing league. Like it kind of has been the past few years. So you you definitely need someone that's dual threat. And the Falcons pitting up twenty five against the Packers. Like that is good. Yeah, that Packers defense is really good. Yeah, I think more of if. I think the injuries affected the Packers offense more. You know, you have Aaron Jones out, one of the better running backs in the league. Christian Watson still out. Uh, was it Dobbs? He was banged up. Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, yeah he, he was playing. questionable going. Mm-hmm. He still played. He didn't have a great game. I th- and knowing it's a one point game, I just feel like either Jones or Watson would have got them in some kind of scenario to get like an extra field goal or maybe even a touchdown at some point. Yeah, Green Bay. There, I would like to see them rely on or lean more on Jordan Love in that game. I felt like he didn't really have an opportunity to go out there and win that game. They were they were kind of run heavy, but Green Bay, they, they run the ball. Yeah. But I just felt like it was more run heavy than letting Jordan Love do his thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that was more of the fact of maybe not trusting the wide receivers they necessarily had out there to also make those plays. It's kind of – and they also game plan before going into these. Like, that could have just been the game plan that they thought would just work in general. Yeah. And, I mean, it almost did. You lose by one point. It's nothing crazy. Yeah. I mean, you still have A.J. Dillon, who's a really good running back, very good backup to have. I'm not even sure who's backup after him, but that's kind of where it gets a little murky. Mm-hmm. 
if I'm a Packers fan, I wouldn't really worry about this loss too much. Kind of just chalk it up to close game. Maybe if we had a few more of our starters, yeah. probably would have won it. I wouldn't worry too much about it no. if I'm Packers. No, and the Falcons look like a fun young team. And Bijan Robinson is a freak. Those jukes that he pulled off where he juked like two or three defenders yeah. in the same play, that's like when you play Madden and you just like have it on a little bit of easier mode so those jukes just kind of always go off a little bit more. Yeah, he's crazy quick. It, it's insane. It's And I always get nervous when I see a good running back because I feel like injuries happen to running backs the most. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before in the past, just how running backs, you're always in some kind of contact. And like watching him, you almost have to like savor it just, just in case, yeah. just in case anything happens. We've seen what happened to Nick Chubb. Like, we'll talk about that more, but it's anything can happen with a running back, and it's just scary. Yeah, those running backs are taking it hard now. They are. And they, they, I also agree they need to be paid more, whether that's when they get drafted, get paid more, or just, like, more, like, one- to two-year contracts, make them a little bit higher. That way it kind of makes up for not having them longer. Yeah. One way or another, I do agree that needs to change in some asset. Moving on to the next game, we got Raiders falling to the Bills, 38-10. to 10. I mean, we talked about this. Bills were coming for a bounce-back game, and that's absolutely what they did. Yeah, Josh Allen, he he went off that game. I think he what, he had six incomplete passes, threw it 37 times. He had himself a game. Yeah, he, he went crazy. He, this is the Josh Allen that you can never get rid of. Yeah. It's that double-edged sword. You yeah. got those games where you had week one, and then you had games like this. And it's like, why would you ever even like risk it? Because it's going to be a gamble no matter what. But yeah. you kind of know what you got when it comes to something t- putting up 38 points. You want, Yeah, you want that consistency out of a quarterback. I wouldn't give up on Josh. I would not, if anyone's considering, I wouldn't give up on him. No. And I also think the Raiders are just like a mid-team. They lost, or they, they beat the Broncos week one by like 17 to 16, I think. They lose to the Bills, putting up 10 points. Like, their offense is good. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, they have that young tight end. They have... Their, their team isn't terrible, Hunter Renfro, but something's just not clicking. I mean, whether that's the new QB coming in, the, they did kind of start off slow last year too, you know, when they, they picked up Adams. I I would be a little bit worried if I'm a Raiders fan though because this team isn't in a rebuild phase. It's a be competitive now. Granted, you're competitive with the Broncos, but the Broncos are on too. Yeah, I, I just think you – maybe they're not in the rebuild phase – but you take out your quarterback who was building chemistry with Devontae Adams, you take him out of that offense, and that's, that's going to be pretty tough now. Jimmy G has to come in there and get his chemistry with Devontae Adams, get his chemistry with the teams. And, again, this may be a tough game to judge because the Bills were just – the Bills' defense was just crazy. But I still would give them time to build that chemistry. Yeah, I agree. Gabe Davis had one of his random good games. I think he'll probably get targeted more this year. I could be wrong, but I think Diggs is coming up on a contract year here soon. I think so. If I'm them, obviously I would never get rid of Diggs. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. But his production the first two weeks haven't been anything too crazy. Kind of something to keep an eye on if they start switching more targets to Gabe compared to Diggs. Granted, I don't think these wide receivers are comparable when it comes to skill. It's just, it's it's one of those things, you know. Maybe As, balance it more. Yeah, maybe even just balancing it more. That could, maybe they think that's the reason why they kind of lost Week One, targeting Diggs too much. You know, Gabe Davis is also a really good wide receiver yeah. too. Like if you balance that more, that offense will put up thirty-eight points like they did. Yeah. 
Also, the Raiders need to figure out what's going on with Josh Jacobs because his barely having attempts is driving me absolutely crazy, especially after they had, like, their whole contract thing they just had. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. I don't know if – I mean, he was playing. It may have been the Bills' run defense was on one that game. Um, he had six – I think he had six catches. So, the, they were giving him the ball. But – I'm not sure. Negative two yards is crazy to me. Yeah, it's, it's insane. I mean, the only person who really did good on the Raiders was Devontae Adams, but it's Devontae Adams. He's yeah. arguably the best wide receiver in the league. So, yeah. Moving on to our next game, we have the Raiders beating the Bengals 27-24 to at the Bengals' home. This one was definitely more of a shocker to me. I mean, going into it, the Ravens are already kind of banged up. Mark Andrews was questionable. Granted, he came, he played, he played really good. You uh, you have your running back who just tore his Achilles. Marlon Humphreys is obviously still out. And the Bengals come off a really bad loss. I expected a lot more out of the Bengals. I think everybody did. And, I mean, granted, it was a three-point game, but one of them was a punt return for a touchdown. Take that away. I mean, it, it's not as close, not nearly as close. It's, it's just a weird – I mean, it's division. I don't know. Yeah, with the Bengals – I can never, I can never put my finger on what's going on with the Bengals. Joe Burrow banged up, said he re-injured or yeah. re-aggravated his calf a season ago, or two seasons ago. Correct me if I'm wrong. They started 0-2, ended up in the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I can never put my finger on it. So I, this may be, may be too early to call it now, but I think they'll be all right. They have the pieces. Just figuring out what's going on with Joe Burrow yeah, I think is that's, the main thing. That's going to be the biggest factor for sure. Like, is he going to have to miss a few weeks? Because if he does, you you might end up going like 0-3, 0-4. At that rate, it's almost – it's so hard to make into the playoffs. Definitely. And early in his career, I think everyone was talking about this, that that offensive line. Yeah, it's still Protecting terrible. Burrow. And this is what it um, equates to. Just Burrow being injured, Burrow re-injuring his same injuries. I mean, you got to protect the guy. Absolutely. T. Higgins did have a pretty good bounce-back game. Yeah. He had two touchdowns, handful of yards. Hopefully that might help Jamar Chase get a little bit more open in the next upcoming games. Because, I mean, I know Chase is like your guy, but if Higgins is going to be more open to Chase, like just keep targeting him until the defenses have to switch. Yeah, they're both number one receivers in my eyes um, on the field together. So I would not look at one more than than the other. I would give them kind of equal looks. Like if going through your progression, maybe I look at Higgins first. If he's open, I go there. Or I would just give them equal looks, honestly. Next time, look at Chase, then Higgins. It's just something to think about there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, next week the Bagels have the Rams. I would even consider, like, forcing some of these throws to Chase. Because the Rams' backfield isn't the best. Their D-line is incredible. As long as you have Aaron Donald, it doesn't even matter who else you have. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals should be able to put up points against the Rams. I don't know if they'll win, but they should be able to put up points. you got to put in your, like, your number one guy, right? you got to try at some point. Yeah, if you, I mean, if forcing, forcing the ball wins you the game, I'm all for it. Yeah, exactly. If there's no need to force the ball to chase, I would, wouldn't be against that either. Um, still have T. Higgins doing his thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you also you want to keep Chase involved uh, because 
I mean, he's part of that team. He, like you said, he's a number one receiver. You want to keep him happy. He feels like a very big momentum player, too, where it's kind of like once he starts, if he like catches like two in a row, kind of just keeps building up type of thing. So Yeah. I'm definitely curious to see what they kind of try to plan around next week. Also, like kudos to the Ravens, though, because they've been playing pretty consistent. Like, they, they played good enough to win this game, and obviously it's the Bengals. You're at the Bengals. It's a division team. It's it's not easy to win those, and they, they played pretty good. Lamar Jackson played solid Definitely. as a quarterback. He got his favorite target back. I mean, they they were doing their thing in this game. They left out of there with the W. First game, kind of an easy one for them. They still seemed a little off, but going into this next game, one, it not being an easy one for them, they just – they look good. Yeah, it felt like a big step up from week one for sure. From their twenty-five to six win, twenty-five to nine, yeah. twenty-five to nine win against Houston. Yeah, started it, off a little slow. Yeah, and I mean, they put up two more points. So if you average like twenty-seven points, twenty-five, like you have a good chance of winning every game you're in. Yeah. All right, moving on to our next one. We have Seahawks beating the Lions in overtime. People have been giving. Jared Goff a lot of heat um they kind of have been for a while now Goff did throw an interception which obviously will cost you in any kind of game that was also his first interception in 383 attempts that he was like on pace for a pretty solid record there and he he still does have a record from doing it like that and obviously players are going to throw interceptions Patrick Mahomes will throw interceptions all these great players will 100% will throw interceptions now I don't think Jared Goff's a great quarterback. I think he's a really good quarterback, and I think there's a, a big difference between the two. Really good and great. Great is like running for an MVP type of thing. Really good is he will win you a game, probably won't lose you any. Yeah. Um, I think those st- your standards, the bar, the bar gets set higher when you take a team to a Super Bowl. So I think Jared Goff taking his team to the Super Bowl – He's looked at as a different quarterback. He's looked at as okay. He's coming off the rims, being put on the lines, and you're looking at you're looked at as a captain right away. You're looking at someone who can change this team, and I think he did. He limited his interceptions from the Rams to um, the Lions. Like he was double digit for three years straight on the Rams in interceptions. But it's those key turnovers. Like that was a pick six yeah. in that game. I mean, pick six, definitely brutal. It's it's hard for me to say he has a lot of key turnovers, especially when he just went 383 attempts without an interception. Mm-hmm. You're, you're bound to have just some kind of fuck-ups. Like, it, it does happen. And if you're the Lions, it's hard to say you would replace him with a lot of other quarterbacks right now that you could possibly get. Like, obviously, if you had a chance to get Mahomes, you would, but that's not an option. Josh Allen's mm-hmm. not an option. Like, these great quarterbacks are not an option. And you'd have to kind of just get lucky in the draft unless you got the first overall, which would be Caleb Williams this year. And one thing to note, too, the Seahawks always play the Lions really tough. I don't know why. It's like one of those weird, they're not in a division, but for some reason they tend to play like every year or every other year. And then it comes down to the wire every single time, no matter how the teams are. Even if the Lions are bad, it's Mm -hmm. it's like one of those, (laughs) these two teams just always have a tough game between each other. I think the Lions' defense lost in this game. I mean, the Lions put up 31 points. That's that's really hard to say and then say they lost. 
it's one of those like heartbreakers because then Seahawks put up 37 points, which if you put up 37, you also should win. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is right. Um, I think this is a Lions loss as a whole. Like both defenses on each team didn't look the best. Absolutely. It just looked like a shootout. So it's kind of who is going to get that one key turnover to win in the game. Yeah, uh, I, I think the Lions will have the better overall year compared to the Seahawks, and I think the Lions will definitely go deeper. Um, that's if the Seahawks even make it to the playoffs. I think they're good enough, too, for sure, especially NFC is overall a little bit weaker than the AFC. Uh, and then a noticeable injury on the Lions is C.J. Gardner. He's hurt. Mm-hmm. He's looking like he's going to miss a decent amount of time, so that also kind of sucks for the defense, too. You lose one of your best defensive players. Yeah, it's Oren Peck. Um, I don't know how long that's out. I would think a season. Torn anything that sounds like that. Maybe close to the end of the season, he's coming back, if not the whole season. Yeah, without Googling it, I would say like eight weeks, in my opinion. So I know, eight weeks. I know JJ tore one of his pecs, I think like four games in before. This is when he's on Houston. This is why I know this, just because division stuff. And he ended up coming back near the end of the season. So, like, in my brain, that's like roughly, if it's a really good recovery, mm-hmm. I feel like eight weeks. If it's on the tail end, 12 to 14-ish, give yeah. or take. I mean, I, he's an electric player to watch, though. I, I genuinely enjoy watching him, so I kind of hope he does get a speedy recovery. Because yeah. if the Lions do make it to the playoffs, he's going to be a key piece on that defense to help them. Heck, yeah. I loved him on the Saints. So, when the, I seen the Lions had him, I said, man, he he's going to do just what he was doing yeah. before he got injured. Exactly. He's a stud. I can't wait to keep watching him. Moving on to our next one, we have Colts taking down the Texans 31-20 to in Houston. This game, I know it's an 11-point game, but it, it really wasn't even that close um, until like kind of near the end. I believe the Colts went up 31-10, to 10, and then their defense kind of just went to a more relaxed, like more of a prevent. Like it said, don't take the top off, beat us by a 1,000 paper cuts. So you're going to kill a lot of time doing this. This is essentially what happened. Anthony Richardson came out hot, two rushing touchdowns right away. Uh, the second one did end up giving him a concussion, which really sucks. And I think there's a weird stigma that he's playing, like, not safe. The first game, I would agree, near the end of the drive where he kind of, like, ran into four people back-to-back. Like, that's definitely not smart. But to say, like, him getting hit as he's running into the end zone and then kind of landing weird and his head snapping onto the turf, like, those are just hits that happen in the NFL. It, it sucks that it happened to the quarterback, for sure. It's That's just one of those things that can happen to any given player running into an end zone. Yeah, that was him running into the end zone for maybe a second or two. It looks like he didn't notice the defender was there yeah. on his way about to hit him or in his I don't think he saw him because in his mind in my mind, I'm sorry, it just seemed like he slowed down. He started walking to the end zone. And then all of a sudden he looked to his left and left and then seen the defender. So I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Maybe that's where the stigma is coming from. But him finishing runs, it's like I, I don't. I kind of don't want to see that in a rookie quarterback, especially one that looks like he could be the um, long-term quarterback. Yeah, I mean he he came out better than he did week one, and week one he looked pretty solid. I'm not saying he had like a great week one, but for a rookie, he had a really good week one. Yeah. And then week two, he just came out slinging it, running it. The offense looked like. I also want to give some uh, props to Shane Steichen too because this offense 
in general, like the scheme-wise, what they're running, the plays are doing, it, it's working for the most part. Like it's not like he has to throw it away every single time or he's mm-hmm. getting sacked every single time. It's some of the looks are there. His accuracy still needs some work. It's going to keep developing. And it's going to look good. And then we had Minshew come in, and he absolutely just lit the Texans up too. He's a very, very great quarterback to have as a backup, in my opinion. Very accurate. His arm is a little weak, but you can kind of turn into one of those things where your plays on average are between 5 and, like, 25 yards. You can absolutely win like that. Yeah. The Texans, playing the Texans, that's – this game I kind of expected it the way it went. Maybe not so much only because – the Texans put up a fight I didn't expect them to. The defense was kind of weak there, but their offense did look good. Maybe not the O-line because the O-line is super banged up. The, the O-line is really bad because it's banged up. Yeah. And the offense also – I, I would definitely still give props to C.J. Stroud. Um, granted, the majority of his yards came when the Colts were up 31 to 10. You know, the defense kind of switches up a little bit. But, like, he still made the right decisions when that happened, which is still a really good thing to see in a quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback. Yeah. He, it's going to be fun as these two quarterbacks develop because I was also really high on Stroud coming into the draft. I kind of wanted the Colts to draft him. My ideal thing was they drafted him, and then they moved up and got Jackson Smith. I know that's, like, a crazy reach, but it's just, like, one of those dream scenarios that would have been amazing because I mm-hmm. like the quarterback getting his wide receiver that he had in college. Yeah. It's just been really cool to see. And I, I hope he has a good career. Not as good as Anthony Richardson, obviously, because that's a division opponent. And I want the Colts to just keep growing, developing, and just start dominating this division at some point. Yeah, C.J. Stroud looked great in that game. I will not – not going to say great, but from a coach's standpoint, that is what I want to see out of my rookie quarterback. He's taking steps in the right direction. Also, Nico Collins looked great as well. I mean, those two, they just look like – It'll be a match made in heaven moving on. Yeah, Nico looks like just his reliable guy. That's yeah. like the vibe it was giving me. Like, yep. who, who's open, who's open? Uh, Nico, you know what I'm saying? Like, just one of those things. I think that relationship with Tank Dell will keep developing too. Mm-hmm. Tank Dell's a pretty fun guy to watch, so I kind of hope that ends up working pretty well for him. And, I mean, Texans, they're going to finish one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. They got a young team. Uh my biggest takeaway from this, honestly, is that I feel like the Colts have a better head coach when it, because they both got hired at the same time. Uh, D'Amico yeah. Ryans is not a joke of a coach, and I was kind of curious to see how this would play out. And to me, it was more promising from Steichen. Obviously, Houston's still a young team, too. You can't say we, too, that Ryans will be a bad coach, but it felt good seeing my rookie head coach have a better game than their rookie head coach. Yeah. Yeah, that's a positive for the fans. Yeah. Yeah, the Colts did look better all in all. Moving on to the next game, we have the Chiefs taking down the Jaguars 17-9 in Jacksonville. This game kind of disappointed, in my opinion, especially from the Jaguars' offense. Yeah, no touchdowns. That's kind of embarrassing. At home, um, I know you have a tough opponent, and – the Chiefs. Uh, you have Kelsey coming back. Oh, it's it's one thing I wanted to point out too. I did read something. Rayshon Jenkins said. Um, he's he said something about Kelsey. He said Kelsey gets too much into it. He started getting too disrespectful. I'm not sure what he meant by that, but I'm sure he was talking trash. Just part of the game. 
but I just feel like if it's bothering Rayshon, like, that just can't happen. Those things just can't happen, man. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've always kind of had the mindset, like, obviously, I played sports in high school, but that's nowhere near this kind of a level, like, not yeah. even remotely. But, like, the mindset of, like, when someone talks trash, it always kind of got me hyped up. Yeah, definitely. And, like, I think Mahomes, like, watching that QB documentary, he's the same way. He likes when people talk trash because he just takes it to another level. And when you're in the NFL, you're going to have people like Kelsey who are going to talk trash. I mean, think of, like, a Aqib Tlaib. Like, yeah. that dude was the biggest trash talker. He was ripping chains. Like, that dude was insane. You're going to have people like that. And I think the best way to take it is, like, if you're going to talk trash, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you why you shouldn't be type of thing. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love trash talking. I think Rayshon was – I don't know. I think Rayshon just needs to keep playing there because trash talking is a part of the game. I'm not sure what he said, so I couldn't – I can't – That is yeah. that is also true. He could have said yeah. some really out-of-pocket shit, and then yeah. obviously, <laughs> depending on what he said, I would not agree with it. But That's, if it's just like, you know, the normal competitive, like, you fucking suck, like, you know what I'm saying? There's stuff yeah. like that. It's part of the game. And if if it's working and getting in your head, he's doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Definitely. I just I just don't know where the Jags went wrong going from their offense in week one looking great to week two just not getting a touchdown. It it was rough. I mean, Christian Kirk, he kinda had a little bit of a bounce back game for himself. Yeah. We we talked about it before, like he is a really good weapon for this team. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see him getting going a little bit. But if it's always going to be at the sake of Calvin Ridley only getting, like, five catches and, like, not that many yards, I'd, you, you got to have that balance, right? You also have Zay Jones, who I think is an amazing wide receiver three and a really good red zone threat. So I think, like, they, they really need to focus on finding that balance between the three. Um, Ridley taking the most, take a little step down to Kirk, take a little step down to Zay. Like, you, you got to try to find something there. And in this game including turnover on downs, there was five turnovers. Kansas City gave them two. Yeah. You there was you get two turnovers from a team and you don't get a single touchdown, that is really bad. That's that's a little scary. Yeah, I mean, kudos kudos to the Chiefs defense cuz I know the Chiefs been taking heat for their defense the past couple of years. Um, but kudos for them because that's a tough offense. It's to a slow down. It's, it's 1 o'clock in Jacksonville. It's hot, very, very hot. Jacksonville's fan base is pretty deep. They're going to come out there. That, yeah. that stadium's going to get pretty loud. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do agree. Kudos to the Chiefs here. Um, I don't necessarily think the Chiefs were like – they don't feel like the Chiefs in the previous years where it's like, yeah, like we expected this to happen. It was more of both of these teams should be top in the AFC. This should be a fun, good game. and it. I mean, 17 to 9 is not really that fun of a game. Obviously, this is if you're a Chiefs fan because now you get your win. Uh, you get uh, Kelsey back. You put up 17 points. It's not the greatest highlight to have from it, mm-hmm. but you won. Definitely. Uh, the Chiefs, they're kind of known for pouring on the points. But in the past, what have we seen? We've had Tyreek Hill as their number one. So if you don't have, like, your prolific number one receiver obviously you have your tight end who's your number one but paired alongside with Tyreek Hill that changes the whole dynamic of the team so now you're throwing to Sky Moore Kadarius Tony, Valdez Scantley like don't get me wrong those are good players but they aren't matchup nightmares no they're not absolutely not they're good depth pieces to have like it's very good depth to have and I'm definitely going to be curious to see like what they do moving forward. Is it just like, hey, it's wide receiver by committee. That's what we got. I mean, 
they could very well still make the playoffs like that. As long as you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, yeah. you have a chance of going to the Super Bowl. It's just, just how it is. Yeah. But they also got some young wide receivers too, so I'm curious to see how they try to develop them, like Rashid Rice throughout the season. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they should kind of put a little bit more eggs in those kind of baskets, see what you got. If they start having some good stuff near the end of the year and start seeming like they could be a future number one, at least that way you know moving forward you have something. If not, you're going to have to do some moves here in the offseason. Yeah. Um, I don't think Patrick Mahomes has any problem with throwing to any other receivers. Like, in the past, we've seen him throw to seven receivers in one game. Um, so, I think I think that'll be all right. I think he'll find his go-to guy outside of Kelsey um, in his wide receiver room, and they'll be fine. And as a Jags fan, I, want, I really wouldn't panic too much about this game. Like you said, the Chiefs do have a solid defense, and they played really good. Next week, they play Houston. If that is a low-scoring game or, like, close – then I would kind of worry because I do think Houston's one of the worst teams in the NFL. I know it's division, and division can be tough here and there, but you you need a bounce-back game. But, hey, no, we're still one of the top dogs here. Like, we're going to be a team we're supposed to be, hopefully, by quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping to see that from the Jags, a turnaround, because you have a lot of pieces on that offense, and they they can produce points. Yeah, Absolutely. Moving on to the next game, this was my upset of the week, was Bears at the Bucks. Bucks win 27-17. to 17. I, mark my words, I will never pick the Bears to upset a team again. <laughs> that was a mistake. I just thought, you know, yes, week one was not great for them. It's week one, so I was just kind of a little bit iffy about it. And then you you play the Bucks, who had a pretty good win week one. So I was like, this should be kind of like an upset. Like uh, riding the Bucks riding it high, Bears like no, like we are a decent team. I'm not saying good. I don't think they were ever good. It's more of like we're moving in the right direction, team. And Justin Fields looked terrible. He just did not look good. I'm not high on Justin Fields at all. I'm not high on the Bears. I was kind of. I didn't really question it, but I was questioning in my head the pick on the Bears. But my upset was questionable too. Um, I. I don't like Justin Fields. I don't like him at quarterback. I just – I know the narrative is he runs a lot. He'll run if there's a receiver open. I believe that. Like, I believe he doesn't give his wide receivers a chance. Yeah, no, I'm, I've definitely seen some screenshots from this game. Granted, when you're behind that old line, it's a lot different from any kind of angle uh, that we get. Right. It's a lot harder to see. But if you're going to be – an NFL starting quarterback, some of these screenshots I saw with wide open wide receivers that either ended in a sack, a turnover, or him running for like five yards, like it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah, I can't I can't remember if this is the game this week. Did he throw did he throw a pick six? Like the last couple of seconds? I think he might have thrown a pick six in Side of the five-yard line. Yeah, that's when he threw it right to number seven. Yes. We were watching it, and he just, yes. he just threw it right to him. Like, I don't even – I guess he didn't see him. And maybe that's his biggest issue. His field of vision is just terrible. Yeah. That could some, be it. There's something going on with the team. It, either it's fields or, I don't know, the coaching staff. Something's going on. It just doesn't look good right yeah. now. I, I definitely think you still give him the full year. I mean, you got the picks from last year for the Panthers moving up and giving it to you. So you still have options moving forward. But it just feels like the Bears will just always suck. 
even when they got like a little bit of glimpse here, they sucked. When they had Trubisky that one year, they went to the playoffs. They just ended up sucking still. Like that was just a weird one off. Yeah, we see where Trubisky's at now. I I will though give the props to the Bucks defense. I've always been pretty high on them. Honestly, wherever Vita Vea goes, I think a defense will be good because that dude's an absolute game changer. Yeah, he's a tank on the um, defensive line. He, he's great. We also got to give some props to the Bucks offense. I mean, Mike Evans went Stepped absolutely crazy. Baker Mayfield is playing good. Granted, he beat the Bears, but it's an NFL team. I don't I don't think we're giving enough credit. I think we have to give them more credit. It's the Bears because we could then say that about the Texans. I think. I think Baker Mayfield is doing his thing. Because only I only say that because he took so much slack on the Browns because they had their they had their their times where Baker was just looking like that number one guy yeah. for our franchise. Then you had other times where it's like, fuck, this guy just we need to get him off the team. Yeah. Then he goes over to Carolina and it does and looks good. He actually looked good with Carolina and comes over to the Bucks and has them on a two-game uh, win streak. Um, I just think he looks good right now. Yeah. And he also uh, played for the Rams for a l- short little stint there. Rams. Yes, yeah. he did. And he did okay with the Rams. He, yeah, he did fine. He won yes. them a game. Yes. Like, if you can win a game in the NFL, granted, I mean, you have Justin Fields who will probably get one or two wins. Like, you should be considered a decent quarterback. Um, and then he came to the Bucks and he's won two in a row. Like, yes. he, he is a – Decent quarterback at the very, very least. And I am curious to kind of see how the season plays out for him. I, I've never been like a Baker Mayfield hater in any mm-hmm. way or form. I feel like he's kind of already gotten a short end of a stick with a lot of stuff. So I hope this works out and he ends up being a good quarterback. Yeah, Baker, early in his career, I think there were, there were talks like he was focused more on commercials than playing football. Um, but now... It just looks like he's taking advantage of what's in front of him. He has his weapons. Mike Evans, 171 yards. He got Chris Godwin. He didn't have a crazy game, but he's a crazy wide receiver one way or another. Yeah, he's having – Baker's having fun out there. Yeah, and they got some young wide receivers too. They got Trey Palmer. I'm pretty high on him, especially if Mike Evans ends up leaving. Trey Palmer will move up to a number two spot there for that team. They got got White as a running back. I'm pretty high on him. I think he's a solid running back. It's the Bucks are not a bad team. They're yeah. they're not bad. Yeah, and that was their only issue, like getting to that next quarterback. Yeah, and granted, it's not going to be a Tom Brady level, but mm-hmm. with the way that the way the NFC is, they should be able to make the playoffs. And then my thing is, when you're in the playoffs, anything can happen, in my opinion. So as long as you can make it there, mm-hmm. you're already taking a really good step from moving on from Tom Brady to making it to the playoffs. Yeah, if you're pairing. If you're pairing Baker Mayfield's offense with that Todd Bowles defense that the Bucks have, I think they'll be good in the playoffs. Like, if Baker Mayfield can play and not make mistakes, I think he'll be good with the weapons he has around him. That team stays healthy. I think they're good. I would like to see him end up in some kind of shootout throughout the season just to kind of see how he performs. Like, if he has to step up yeah. into that level where it's like, hey, we got a quarter left, we have to keep slinging it. Yeah, I would. I would like to see that. Just see how he does. Yeah, like a two-minute offense to win you the game. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Moving on to the next one, we have the Chargers falling to the Titans, twenty-seven to twenty-four. This game pissed me off so bad. One, the Chargers, the Chargers are the Chargers. They're always going to be the Chargers at this rate. I'm pitting the blame mainly on uh, Brandon Stan- 
What am I blanking Staley? on his name? Staley. 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 Yeah. yeah. Blanked on his name. I'm already trying to forget his name. That's how mad I am at him. But the Titans lost to the Saints last week with Tannehill throwing three interceptions. They looked really, really bad. Then you, then you beat the Chargers in overtime. What, what the fuck are the Chargers doing, man? It's so annoying to watch. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with the Chargers. They're they're putting up the points. Um, I think it's well, over the past two weeks they put up fifty eight points, no turnovers. Both games, they lose. Also, reverse that, or if you flip that. Both games, they give up 63 points. So, I'm starting to question, is it this defense you paid all this money to? Does, does something have to change there? Because you're giving up all these fucking points. It's like, you guys are a top 10 defense. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on either. Yeah, they have star names all over their defense. Yeah. I think one of their biggest mistakes, I, obviously, if J.C. Jackson's a free agent, like I'd want him on my team. Like He did yeah. really good. But he's just been getting cooked on the Chargers for some reason. Like he's been a liability, and they pay him like eighty-two million. Like what is what is going on with that? You know? Yeah, something has to turn around because sixty-three points in two weeks. They have to be sitting those in the offices. Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, and it's weird because they always play to the skill of the team they're facing. Yeah, you barely lose to the Dolphins, who, in my opinion, has the best offense in the league, and then you lose to the Titans in overtime. And I think the Titans are bottom half team. Yeah, I mean, you get, granted, you get three interceptions. I understand. But I don't know. I just feel like you have to play defense the whole game. Yeah, it's. Like, like were those three interceptions even impactful? The three interceptions were week one. I don't think he got them week two. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. And, I mean. Oh, you're saying he threw three interceptions. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, he yes. came off a game where he threw three interceptions. Yes. And then he comes back and beats the Chargers next week. No, yes, you're right. Because that, I was talking about the bounce back game. Yeah. Had. Yes. It's, it's pathetic, in my opinion. And they face the Vikings next week, who are also 0-2. If I had to pit money, I would I would stay so far away from the Chargers in that game, and I would just pit on the Vikings. So the Vikings haven't played terrible. It's just I feel like they're more unlucky, but the Chargers do this every single year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when they make it to the playoffs, they'll end up losing just a heartbreaker for no reason. Like, Yeah, since I've been watching football my whole life, the Chargers have been in this particular situation every year. Just a good team that does nothing. It's insane. It it's hard to wrap your hand around. And as a, I got a friend who's a Chargers fan, and I can man, that's got to be like a nightmare. It, Definitely, it's brutal. It's brutal. And you would think like after last year when you lose a lot of those close games, that the year after it'd be kind of a bounce back. Like mm-hmm. stats wise, that's normally what happens. I just I don't know. It's the team is so good, so many stars to the players, and then they just suck. Yeah. I don't know what what they have to do there. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, and I'm not even going to hype up the Titans anyway because I think this is more on the Chargers. Like, yeah. They should have won like 30-something to like 17, in my opinion. Yeah. That's how the game should have gone. The Titans got the win. Henry did his thing that game. I mean. D-Hops are getting some looks. Yeah, I don't know about the Chargers. Right now, at least. Yeah, and then I'm not hiring the Titans. Uh, yeah, they beat the Chargers, which I would consider Chargers a really good team, but I don't know. I, th- I think next week they lose two, and they're going to be 0-3. But it would be really funny if next week they tied with the Vikings because the Vikings feel oh, yeah. kind of like the NFC version of them right now. Yeah. So that would be, be kind of funny. No, a tie would be actually crazy. 
Yeah. I'd love talking. I'd love to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're rooting for a tie next week. Moving on to our next game, we have the Giants coming back to beat the Cardinals 31-28. to People switch their narrative of the Giants in two quarters. In my opinion, that's crazy. They got shut out for six quarters straight. That is a really bad football team, especially when you get shut out for a half against the Cardinals, who, in my opinion, are not trying to necessarily win. Yeah. I think, to me... Daniel Jones definitely turned it around. It's talking about the whole game. I don't I don't really look at the six quarter stat, but you it, it you do have to look at it. Yeah. Like getting shut out. You should be able to score on the fucking Cardinals every quarter. Should, yeah. Should be at least a touchdown every quarter there. So I'm not too sure what the, what's going on with the Giants, but the turnaround they made in the next two quarters, I mean it's like hooray, you guys won. But yeah, you need to see that consistently. Yeah, people are, I don't know, like Twitter, I guess not Twitter X or whatever people call it. Um, it, it did, people kind of went crazy when he made that comeback. And I'm like, you came back against the worst team in the NFL. I would I consider Houston a better team than the Cardinals. In my opinion, the Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL. And you had to come back from a huge deficit to beat them. Like, congrats, you did that. You won't do that against a good team. Yeah. That's absolutely not happening. Yeah. Josh, Josh Dobbs is out there doing his thing at yeah, quarterback, he, man. I actually <laughs> do like watching him play. He's one of those players that you kind of hope finally lands somewhere. But yeah. it's like it's so far into his career, I feel like he's not going to at this point, unfortunately. I don't think so either. I like him a lot as a backup, and I, I just hope he finds somewhere and stays there and just rides the rest of his career out. Uh, Cardinals, they're, they're going to suck the rest of the year. That's how it's going to be. I kind of feel like they're aiming for Caleb Williams. I know people say tanking is not real in the NFL, but it's – you can trade Kyler Murray. You can get some decent picks out of him. I think his value has definitely gone down over the years, but he could start on a lot of teams right now. And then if you were to get something out of him and then get Caleb Williams, I mean, your, your team's right back at it. Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick no matter what this year. Yeah. And yeah. he, granted, sometimes number one picks are bust. More times than not, they are. But he's a guy you got to aim for, and I think Cardinals will be one of the front runners at the end of the year. Yeah, I did read something that said, I don't know if he put a team name on it, but I think his father said, if it doesn't look right in the draft, we'll just go back to school. Yeah, in my opinion, that's bullshit. Because no matter what, if you're getting picked first overall, mm -hmm. that is not a good team in that position. Yeah. So, like you said, maybe it's like a specific team that they really, really do not want to go to. Yeah. But you're going to be on a team who has a bad record and probably isn't, in the best scenario overall. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they were I don't know what they were thinking or what they are thinking as of now. Maybe they don't want to go to the Cardinals. Maybe they'd rather be in wherever the fuck else. I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see how that folds out for sure. Yeah. It'll, it'll be good. Moving on to our next one, we got the Niners at the Rams winning thirty to thirty two. I mean both these teams are good. Both these teams are really good. In my prediction, I said the Niners would win a pretty close game, I think. And normally the home team in this matchup tends to lose. That was my reason for picking it. Um, and that's just kind of how it played out, too. You had these Rams wide receivers where Stafford's just making it work. You had Nakua, who's going crazy at yep. while still doing really, really good, too. Stafford's very reliable. One of my favorite quarterbacks. Just, you know, his pass, his present, everything he's done. Um 
And the Niners, in my opinion, as of right now, I think are the NFC favorites yeah. uh, to go to the Super Bowl. It's between them and the Eagles. You could definitely make a solid argument for either or. It's just Don't count the, the Cowboys out, man. I'm sorry. Just, just playoffs. I, I can't. I, I can't bet on the right? playoffs. They might win the first round. They're going to lose second round. It's going to happen. I just have to say that for TV. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. They kind of move on from Dak sooner or later, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. We'll, we'll, that's actually the next game, so we'll kind of get to it a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, Cowboys will make the playoffs. They will. But I think it's between the Niners and the Eagles right now. Uh, once you make it into the playoffs, I'll always say it. There's always a chance. As long as you make it there, you got a chance. You got a 50-50 chance almost, depending on how beat up and stuff you are. If you got lucky, kind of squeezing in. Definitely. But both these teams are fun to watch. It was a it was a sweet game to to watch. Uh, McCaffrey is a freak. Yeah, I like he's, I like watching McCaffrey. He's, he's he, he reminds me of like a Tyreek Hill for a running back almost. Like if there was like a lateral, like not exactly Tyreek Hill in that spot, but mm-hmm. like a similar comparable, I would say it's like those two. Yeah, like they're just both so fast, so slippery. McCaffrey is the dual threat running back right now. Yes. And that's kind of what makes him the best running back in the league overall. And this Niners offense doesn't look like it's slowing down at all. No. I mean, I see them. I kind of see them going all the way. They're going to be a tough out. They, they just got to stay healthy. I kind of feel like they're one of those teams who get injury prone really, really bad. And I want to see them go all the way because whoever they face, if they're healthy in the Super Bowl and they're facing a healthy AFC team, that's going to be a really fun game. It's going to be a really fun game. And quite frankly, with the way their defense has also been playing, I don't know if anyone in the AFC is like a favorite at this rate, if that makes sense. Against them? Yeah, against them specifically. Nah. I don't see anyone as of now. No, it's maybe the Dolphins just because they can – their offense will keep up. Their defense is going to make it hard for them because I don't think their defense is crazy, but their offense at the very least should be able to keep up with them. I don't even see the the defense. No, you don't? I don't, no. I mean, matter of fact, I'm saying like right now. With a healthy healthy Dolphins team, yes. Let me take that out. Yeah. Because of the injuries and maybe the way Tyreek Hill played this past game. But healthy team going into that that game with the 49ers, I think it'll be a shootout. That'd be a crazy fun Super Bowl to have. Yeah. I kind of hope that happens. It'll be sweet. Yeah. Uh, But if you're a Rams fan, don't take too much weight into that loss it's the Niners you you normally split it with them if not the Niners normally win and if anything if I'm the Rams fan I'm still excited because your offense still did good yeah Stafford Stafford is gonna find his targets like you said and Puka developing man yeah I mean being a Ram fan Rams fan seeing that that's kind of special. Yeah. And then you also have Atwell. So then when Cup comes back, you kind of have three really good wide receivers. Yep. I'm not saying Atwell will win you a game, but if he's like consistent like he is now as a wide receiver three, you have a threat with all three of your receivers. Yeah. I am worried about Cup's health. I'm going to be worried about his health until he proves me otherwise this year, mm-hmm. just because I feel like he got injured last year too. And then you come here, you're injured, you go on IR. I want him healthy because he's a really, really, really fun wide receiver to watch. But I am... I'm a little bit worried about him, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, those injuries in the NFL are serious. Yeah, he's also 30 now, so like, yeah. that's that's up there for a wide receiver. I think I would consider like 35 old for mm-hmm. a wide receiver, 30, just kind of depending on how your health is, and his health isn't great. So yeah, I think they'll be good. Yeah, 
Moving on to the next one, we got the Jets losing 10-30 to 30 against the Cowboys. Zach Wilson sucks. He's not good. Yeah, that game, offense producing seven points. I don't know. You could say it's the Cowboys' defense. They're on a mission. Their defense is really good, by the way. Like, me saying Zach Wilson suck isn't necessarily because of this game. Yeah, I think definitely. he just sucks in general. And you pit him up against an elite defense, they're going to take advantage, and they're going to win 30 to 10. Yeah, I don't think – me, honestly, I don't think Zach Wilson's prepped for QB1. Like, obviously, you play QB2 in hope – not in hopes, but – if something happens to QB1, you step up. But it just he just doesn't look prepared for that. No, and they're also in a weird position because, like, if you bring in a quarterback right now, they'd have to try to learn your whole system in, like, depending on how, long you, how quickly you want to start them, probably, like, two weeks. Yeah. And that's that's not a good scenario to be in. It's, it's not a good scenario to be in. This is just my opinion. Not a good scenario scenario to be in but I think it would be better than Zach Wilson starting. Like depending on who you bring in. Yeah, I agree. It's the options aren't even that great. Like would Cam, would Cam be a better no. option you think? No. I I don't think so because I don't think his arms there. I don't think it is either. Yeah, I don't I mean, and we know Cam can run. Yes. But he just didn't look that accurate when he was playing. Yeah, I just feel like there's not that many great options. So they're like in this really weird, like at least Zach Wilson knows the the team. He's yeah. been there for a while now. Like he knows them at the very least. I I put Carson Wentz out there. I mean, Carson Wentz is a turnover machine, but maybe you bring him in just for like vet support at least. If he's not gonna start him, then shit, vet yeah. support help the guy out. I mean, it would be one of the better teams he was ever on. I say the best team he was was the Eagles when they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then if he was to join the Jets, this would probably be the second best team he was ever on. Just second best, yeah. Yeah, because that defense is still star-loaded. Your offense has some really good players with Cook, Hall. Uh, you got Wilson. Like, yeah. You got the players there to do good. It's just would Carson Wentz be Carson Wentz? That's just kind of what that comes down to. Yeah, I don't think he'll take that team anywhere. But no. <laughs> It probably would be more entertaining than Zach Wilson because Wentz would at least go down the field quite a bit. Yeah, he'll get some points. He'll get some points on the board. Yeah. Uh, Jets fans, probably, probably a little worried just because Zach Wilson and you come with so much hype. Granted, their hype probably died the second Aaron Rodgers went down. Maybe came back a little bit when they got the upset, but this is what's going to happen when you face an elite team, in my opinion, most of the time. Yeah, that's what uh, – I think I was reading something. Robert Sala said, why is everyone putting an obituary on us? I, I think he said that after game one. But it's like maybe this answers your question. Game two should answer that question. Yeah, because like, if they have to pit up those points to win, it's not going to happen. Like when mm-hmm. they beat the Bills, they didn't necessarily win by an offense. Their defense played out of their mind. Yeah. And their defense will continue to play out of their mind. And I think their wins will come from low-scoring games. Zach Wilson will not pit up. So the Cowboys put up 30. Zach Wilson will not pit up 30-plus points. It's, right. Unless you're playing a really bad team, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, to to win those games, it kind of it kind of has to be balanced with the offense and defense. Your, your offense has to give you some type of help. Like, okay, if the Cowboys are putting up 30 points, the Jets have, might have to go out there this game because your team might be tired from last week. 
and yeah. put up 30 points, but you just don't have the facilities for that. Yeah, exactly. And then if you're the Cowboys, I mean, you beat the Jets, who I don't think are good, but you beat them pretty good, 30-10, to 10, and the Jets' defense is still good. Granted, Dak normally does pretty good during the regular season, and then pre or postseason comes around, makes the playoffs. He just he's he's the Dak of he's, he sucks in the playoffs. So it's it's always good to see him beating a good defense. I'm just curious how long something like that will continue. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be looking out for that because I really like I'm a defensive type of guy, so I'm gonna be looking out for that defense. Yeah. Michael Parsons is definitely fun yeah. to watch. No, th- their defense is crazy. It somehow got better from last year. Yeah. They have a really good defense. They look faster. They look more focused. And, I mean, that alone could end up bringing them deep into the playoffs this time. Yeah. I I think they'll have to rely a little bit more on that than the offense. Definitely. Moving on to the next one, we have Washington beating the Broncos 35-33. to This game, this one really bothered me. And this is strictly because of fantasy. In one of my leagues... I had like a 90-something percent chance to win as he's, I think it's the 4 o'clock games are coming to an end. I didn't even look at my phone. I was like, eh, just, I'm good. Like, I don't have to worry about The guy I'm facing texts me and says, oh, my God, what a way to lose. Did you see that? I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I look at my phone. I'm like, I lost. I'm like, ah, oh, they must have just had a good drive or something, you know? Like, yeah. is what it is type of deal. He goes, he threw a Hail Mary. It bobbled off like five guys' hands, and he caught it for a touchdown. Yeah. And then when after he said that, I'm like, I'm not going to look at the replay. <laughs> I don't want to see it. And in my head, I'm like, the Broncos won. Because I, I didn't really know what the score was at the time. Mm-hmm. I look later, the Broncos didn't even fucking win the game. Right. So not only did they pull off a miracle Hail Mary, they still lost. I didn't get to see the play after the touchdown. They did go for two. Yeah, I, I didn't see They it just didn't get it. I'm not even sure what the play, play was. But yeah, the Broncos. I don't know. You pull off a play like that because I did. I did see that. You got to get the two points. You got to bring out your best play. Like I don't know your playoff play to get you a win. You need a win. You need a win in that column. I just. I don't know. I'm upset with the Broncos right now. I'm, I really counted them out before the season started. I just don't think Sean Payton's gonna help Russell Wilson. I, I counted them out, too, and my expectations weren't crazy high, but now I don't like them, strictly because of them screwing me over in fantasy, getting a Hail Mary that did absolutely nothing for them. And you lose to the Commanders. I'm not sold on the Commanders yet. Like, yes, they're 2-0, and but the Broncos just lost to the Raiders because they put up 17 and then the Broncos put up 16. Yeah. Like, Wait a second. What, what exactly happened with the fantasy points? So I had like a 90% chance of winning uh-huh. with like, it might've been less than a minute in the game. Yeah. So then he only needed uh, like one point to beat me. So granted, if they end up doing like some kind of two minute drill and it works decent, yeah. he'd probably beat me. But it's the fact that he threw a Hail Mary, which gave him, he beat me by like six because of that. So Russell Wilson was his quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Russell Wilson was his quarterback. I think that's what I missed. Okay. okay yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he lost me my game yeah. because he pulled off some bullshit miracle and it pissed me off. Wow. So now now I'm I'm a Broncos I'm a not Broncos. I'm a Russell Wilson official hater. I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and label myself that now. I would have uh, been pissed off. We have personal beef mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I will never root for him again. <laughs> so that's where I stand with that. No, I would 
Damn, that makes sense because I I thought you told me Russell Wilson had one percent chance of winning. No, 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 <laughs> I didn't no. Know you meant no. In, in my fantasy odds, granted, I don't fuck? think the ESPN ESPN odds are like the best out of all the apps you have. Yeah, but yeah, that just that really pissed me off. And but I will say kudos to the Commanders because they still put up thirty five points. Sam Howe. Yep, he he looks solid. He he didn't play bad. They they did put up thirty five points, which isn't. A usual for the commanders, right? So I would, get, I will give them props. I'm just still not sold on them, really, in any no. way. No, um, still, still a young quarterback. Somehow, got to give him that. Putting up 35 points and a two point victory. It's like a good. It's like a good and a bad thing. You could take your positive. You take your pros. You take your pros there. with your offense, yeah. And then your cons all on that defense. It's like yeah, that defense. It's like it's just too close. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Moving on to our Sunday night game, we had the Dolphins beating the Patriots 24-17. to This score does not surprise me kind of in any way. I think the Pats will continue to play teams tough, especially teams like the Dolphins, the division game. Uh, and more times than not, they probably will end up on the losing end of it, but they're going to face some worse teams than this, and they will get their wins, and they could potentially make the playoffs. No, definitely. I think their defense came out and maybe maybe executed very they they executed great i just think they overplayed the pass the way they did like christian gonzalez that cornerback for the patriots did great he had a hell of a game and i feel like everyone should be talking about him he held what tyreek hill to under 50 yards i mean holding him to under 100 yards and really didn't make an impact in the game is great absolutely but the dolphins just just went crazy on the ground. It's like, okay, if you're going to play deep and play outside of the box, if you're the Patriots, the Dolphins said, we're going to run the ball and just had much success with it. Yeah, they did. Uh, some highlights or, I don't know, some things to look forward to if you're a Patriots fan. Hunter Henry is looking like a real number one tight end. Yeah. But fantasy-wise, if he's somehow open in your league still, you need to put a waiver in to try to get him. He, he is Mac Jones' favorite target. And I liked him a lot when he played for the Chargers, and then he came to the Patriots, and he's doing, eh, he's doing all right. So I'm kind of hoping he continues this path he's going on, and because he's a fun tight end to watch when he's doing good. Yeah, Hunter Henry, big target, makes it easy for Mac Jones. Yeah, I hope he does have a good career there. Um, I just feel Mac Jones sometimes shoots himself in the foot. Yeah, this game could have been, could have been won by the Patriots. But I still I still don't fault the Patriots on this one. I think they're doing good if we take out the um, record 0-2. Yeah, I think so, too. The, and the Dolphins are just a better team. Yeah. That's just kind of what they came down to. One takeaway from the Dolphins is Waddle, I think, is in concussion protocol now. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit scary. I know you still have a lot of weapons on that team, but Waddle's that young guy. and it, I mean, it goes to one of those things like concussions are just going to happen. So hopefully that's just kind of concussion. It is what it is type of deal. Because when you have Hill and Waddle out there, you just have a, a freak two-headed beast for wide receivers. So definitely, hopefully he gets he gets healthy soon because he's another one that's just fun to watch. Yeah, it gives the defense. They both give defenses nightmares, and I hope Waddle a speedy recovery there. Concussions, I I hate them, not just because the players out, but like long term. Like yeah, we, I mean those concussions, we've seen them when those players leave the league. They're just not the same. Oh, nope. and I just hate it. Adds up. Yeah. 
I do think the Dolphins, though, even though they only put 24, I, I still take them as my the best offense in the league, in my opinion. Healthy. They're still the best offense in the league. Yeah. Yes. It's healthy. A healthy Dolphins team? Yeah. And I agree. I still do think Tua is overhyped. I will probably die on that hill, mainly because I'm more hard-headed than anything at this rate. I think he's a very accurate quarterback when it comes to under 30 yards. Granted, he can still push it down. He'll still get some decent deep throws. He's just on a really, really good team, and he's a good quarterback, not a great one, in my opinion. I just want to put that in there so everyone still knows. I think he's overhyped. Yeah, I think I don't think you're the only one that thinks that. He did have an underthrown ball last game, and I think it was intercepted, if I remember correctly. Against the Chargers, he had like three that should have been intercepted. They yeah. just like either threw he underthrew it or he just threw it as a bad decision. He's he's caught some lucky breaks when it comes to his interceptions, but for this team, he is a he's a good fit. So, yeah, I, one more, I guess one more thing about his underthrown passes is, is it is it he's not timing it right with his receiver because that that pass was to Tyreek Hill. So is it? He's throwing it too soon, and Tyreek Hill's just faster, so he's just he's just running at this point. But then he looks back and like, oh shit, I'm already past the ball, so he has to go back. So it looks like it's underthrown. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I just it just seems like it's underthrown a lot to Waddle and Tyreek. I think it's his arm strength, mm-hmm. strictly going off a of recent memory when they played the Chargers. His one like real deep ball he had, he was running forward and like threw everything into it and it, and the ball ended up being good but when he's sitting in the pocket and he does it that's when those balls end up short okay so i think his timing when he can get that power behind him mm-hmm. is still solid and his accuracy is still solid it's just when he's in the pocket and he just has to rip it that's when his his arm strength kind of shows okay yeah no that does make sense moving on to our first monday night game we have the saints beating the panthers 20 to 17 for me, this is more of a hit on the Saints, even though they won and they're 2-0. I know it's a division game, but the Panthers were already beat up going into this, and Bryce Young did not look good, and you won by a field goal. Yeah, they. I think the score was 3-0, to zero, and then I was like, I got to turn this shit off. The Steelers are playing. But that game, was it was just so hard to watch. It was a, it was a horrible game um, for Bryce Young. If you're the Saints, I mean, you take it, you take it how you take it. You're two and zero. You beat the you beat the Panthers. Um, Saints, I, I just, oh, go ahead. Their liability will be their offense, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't I don't know why, because I feel like their offense has more names, but their defense is always honestly a top NFC defense. Yeah, that defensive line is is yeah, crazy. It's nothing to play around with. And then for speaking kind of on the Panthers again, I kind of been having this internal debate. Whether Bryce Young playing bad is more on Bryce Young or Frank Reich. So Reich was obviously a Colts quarter uh, head coach, so I have a lot of looks on him there. And it's tough because a lot of these games feel like games that the Colts would lose in the same scenario because of Frank Reich's coaching. But at the same time, when you watch Bryce Young play, some of his decisions and some of his stuff that he does, it's like, I don't know. You know, I know you're a rookie and. Quite frankly, for a rookie, I give them the whole year before I say anyone's a bust uh, because you want to see the progression throughout the year. And he could continue to progress. It's just it didn't feel like from game one to this one was any different. And I don't know if that's on Reich or if that's on Young. 
Yeah, I, at this very moment, I can't really tell if it's on the coaching, only because he's so new. Um, Bryce Young, like you said, his decision-making wasn't the best. It just seems like he didn't know when to get out of the pocket, didn't know when to throw it away. Um, he'll get past that fat, uh, that pat, he'll get past the first defender and then the second defender's there. And then he's like, ah, then just toss yeah. the shit. It's like, dude, just, I don't know. Throw the fuck, throw it away. But I don't know. It's like, welcome to the NFL. Yeah. Like, it, this is different. Yeah. And before the season started, I said, I think he's going to be the worst QB out of the big three that got drafted right away. I still stand on that hill. Uh, Richardson came out hot last game. Stroud. He didn't come out hot, but when that prevent defense came out, he made those right decisions and he made those correct throws. He had a few here and there that weren't that great, but he's a rookie. And so far, Stroud and Richardson have had a lot of good things to look at. Bryce Young, not as much, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough there um, for Bryce trying to figure out the offense, trying to figure out where the offense is going to go here, like, Trying to figure out himself. I think not trying to make excuses for him because he just does look bad. And I just hope he has a big game. Not a big game three, just a turnaround game three because these first two games just he's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. A, a, a bounce back for him would just be a nice consistent game. You know, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 250 yards. That that would be a really, really good game for him. Even, honestly, like 250 yards, one touchdown, no turnover. Yeah. I, I think him limiting his turnover should be a pretty big thing they're focusing on now. Mm-hmm. And just trying to progress moving forward. I wouldn't panic too much. If anything, I don't know. It, it's tough. I still have that internal battle, whether I would panic more of the head coach not doing that great or Bryce Young. If I was to put anything, any kind of heat on the team, I guess I would do Frank Wright because he was a head coach before. You know, it's not like he's a new head coach, too. Mm-hmm. He's he's new for that team. But, I mean, the Panthers, you guys are going to be what you are this year. Yeah. Hopefully you get a high draft pick and you can get someone to help the team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm counting on him. Moving on to the next one, we got the – Browns at the Steelers. Steelers winning twenty six to twenty two. I mean, the Steelers defense absolutely showed up. They they won them that game. And I think in the preview, I was saying this game will depend on if the Steelers defense comes out and plays. And they they absolutely did, in my opinion. They showed up at plus. Yeah, the first um, the first game, I felt like both sides of the ball, the team was getting beat up, offense and defense. So. You know, you put that game, you put that game behind you, and you come out here and play. And I think that's what the defense did. Scored the first touchdown. I think they scored our last touchdown. Well, no, I don't think they did score our last touchdown. And it was the two of the highest-paid players on our defense, High Smith and Watt. But I, I mean, I'm gonna give all the credit to the defense. Yes, no question. I just don't like what's going on on our offense. I will say it felt like uh, Pickens finally got that play. You know, like he was making all these crazy catches and, you know, being consistent, but it didn't feel like he had like that, like, hey, I'm here play type of thing. Maybe that one-handed catch, but even then it's like he didn't he didn't have anything explosive. Mm-hmm. And that touchdown he had, that was explosive, and like that felt like this is the guy we've been expecting to show up, which was a really, yeah. I would say probably the 
only like good takeaway from that offense that game. Yeah. But it is exciting to see knowing that you have that young wide receiver finally getting feels like taking that next step a little bit. Yeah, I mean Pickens has to. I don't know. He has to play through a lot here. He has to play through the O line, not playing the best. He has to play through the noise with the offensive coordinator. He has to play with Kenny Pickett's decision making. It's just a lot going on with that offense. So we can't get the run game going. I mean, we we kind of stole that win. Yes, our defense stole that win. But I just don't like what's going on in our offense. It's I w- I would be nervous about it too. It's. It doesn't seem like they will win you a game at any point, really. And yeah. that's a little bit scary. It's like you couldn't count on them, count on the offense at all that game. Um, but that that was our only touchdown. I mean, that was our only touchdown from our offense. Yeah. So I mean, upside Pickens look good. Downside, kind of the rest of the offense which sucks. Yeah. And on the other side of the ball, Nick Chubb had a absolute brutal injury which is really, really tough to watch. He's one of my favorite running backs in the league. As far as it comes to like a pure running back who's going to run downhill, mm-hmm. his his catching isn't anything crazy, but like kind of like the old style, we're going to smash it down your throat type of thing. Yeah. He That's what he is. And to see his leg injury and the way it did, obviously his season's over. It's the same one that happened in college. So like that adds a whole nother level to it if he might even ever come back. And that's what has me pretty nervous right now. Yeah, that's that's a gruesome injury. Um, speedy recovery for him. But it's like you injure that twice. Very similar I, ways, too. Like, both very brutal. It's not like it's not like the first time he, like, tweaked something yeah. or, like, even tore something. Like, it, it breaks. That's terrifying. Yeah, I, I mean, if honestly... I'm not as tough as those guys out there playing that sport, but if I were him, I'd just hang it up. That's that's just me. It's it's one of those things where if that injury happened to me, I don't know how I would react. <laughs> I feel like I just want to die. Like just just kill me. Like I cannot oh, look at, at my point, leg. Yeah. I cannot look at my leg like that. Like it's crazy. The fact that you know he was very visibly upset and hurting, mm-hmm. but like if it was me, dude, I'm probably crying. I'm like getting my helmet like, off. I'm like yeah. screaming, like get me out of here. <laughs> like, Those he, guys are tough yeah, as yeah, nails. They're, they're built different for sure. Uh, and then obviously you have Ford, who kind of stepped up as a running back. If you haven't got him in fantasy, definitely get him. Um, it sucks when a player goes down and then you scramble to get their backups. Like it's not a real person with a real life who just went through something like that. But it's also part of the NFL, unfortunately, and kind of how that goes. And Watson Watson also kind of stunk that game. Yeah, he wasn't playing all that well. No, it felt like the same old Browns when it came to their offense for the most part. Yeah. I mean, Amari Cooper, he had some tough catches, some clutch yeah. catches, catches. I feel like that last pass to Amari Cooper, I think it was Amari Cooper, was a flag. We just They just didn't call it. Which is fine with me. You know, take the W, go home. It'll happen to every team. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at it. It's very frustrating, especially when it's like a game-deciding play, kind of. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they still had more work to do. Yeah. But it would have kept the game going. It's just, it's, it's one of those things, man. It's Every team's going to have one. No one's team signal out during it. It's going to, shit's going to get missed. It sucks, but she'll get missed. I'm pretty sure the Browns got away with something earlier in that game, too. So, it's like. Yeah. Depends on how you really want to look at that. Yeah, I don't. Shoot, I'm a Steelers fan. I, 
it went it went our way, but I mean we worked for it, so it's not like yeah. we. It's, it, yeah, it was a it was a tough game the whole time. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, you, they worked for it. Steelers defense looked really good. Steelers offense looked really bad. Browns didn't look that great the whole game. If I'm being yeah, honest, Joku I think fumbled the ball. Yeah, pivotal, I, think, I mean pivotal turnover. I think the the bright side of this game for them is Ford. He came right out looking good. Ready to go. Yeah, and they did say that they're moving forward with Ford as an RB1 at the moment, and I, I would too, quite frankly, because really the only people who could step up and be an RB1 that's a free agent is Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. who probably isn't going to go back there. He just left there. I don't see why he'd go back. Yep. And then you have James Robinson, but I feel like he's more of a two now, in my opinion, a really good two. And I don't know if he's necessarily the guy you want for those chunk plays when Ford already showed he can do that. Yeah, I've been hearing some whispers about um, the Browns are interested in Cam Akers, too. Yeah, and then, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's probably still on the table, too. But Oh, yeah. I mean, Colts, they're going to at least want one young player and then mm-hmm. a second round or a first round pick. So yeah. it depends how – because if, if you think Ford will do good enough, why would you trade away a pick and a young player? Yeah. Like, if you think it's going to be hard for him to show up in Chubb's shoes at all, but if he does good, don't give away any kind of assets. There's no point. Yeah. I mean, just got to see how it plays out. Yep. That wraps, wraps up our recap. Uh, I do know you wanted to kind of go over the undefeated teams and the teams that haven't got a, any kind of win. So go ahead and kind of lead us off of that. Yeah, just some of our – some of our – Surprising 0-2 teams and not so surprising 0-2. So, and then we spoke on the Chargers a little bit. Um, I don't know. If it, is it panic time for them? Like, is it time to clean house? I don't know. I don't – it's panic time, in my opinion, for their head coach. Because this, this isn't a new thing. If they didn't have these type of games last year and then you come out and have these two games – I wouldn't panic too much because it's like you lost two really close games. Granted, one was the Titans. That should have never been close, but just move forward type of thing. Yeah. it It's hard to not think this won't just happen five more times throughout the season, six more times throughout the season. If Definitely. they make it to the playoffs, their first game in the playoffs. It's, it's very hard to not see it. I know the Chargers don't tend to pay their head coaches a lot for whatever that weird thing is, but they need to. They, they need an elite head coach in there that can – take this team to be a for real serious contender with yeah. the people they have. Yeah, you don't want to fumble a team like this. All these stars on the team. You, I mean, you put someone out there who can lead you can lead some, some stars so they can get you there cuz right now 63 points in two games for your defense. That's bad. It's horrible. On on the other part, you could almost do like a mini rebuild when it comes to like clean out your head coach, let the new one come in, let him trade some people away, release some people, kind of reset your cap a little bit. Because, I mean, Herbert's not going anywhere anytime soon. He's still young. It's, granted, he is a quarterback that could win now, in my opinion. If he was on the right team, he could absolutely win a Super Bowl. Yeah. If his team was better, he could absolutely win a Super Bowl. Definitely. It's, so it's like, I don't know if you want to fully blow it up, but like you have Mike Williams, who I think is not good on their team anymore just because his injuries. You have J.C. Jackson, who takes up way too much money for how he's playing. He's playing really, really bad. And quite frankly, a lot of the people on that defense are not playing great. And that yeah. could be scheming. Who really knows? So if you wanted to, you could do like kind of a mini rebuild. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what goes on there um, in the coming weeks. Like maybe 
I can wake up tomorrow and the team uh, the team gets rid of the co- head coach. I don't know. Um, our next surprising 0-2 team, the Vikings. The Vikings, the way they came out and played last year, they, I think they went on a win streak, and they just look like a team you want to watch on TV, like a must-see, TV, uh, must-see team. But now it's like, I don't know. Your star receiver, he's getting his yards. And it's not, to me, it's not helping. Oh, I can't say it's not helping the team because when he's on the field, he gets a lot of the attention. So it's helping other players get their yards, get their touchdowns. But I just don't know what's not clicking with that team. I think this is kind of like what I was saying with the Chargers, but opposite now, where they played good last year. They also won a lot of really close games. And I kind of just feel like it's that statistic where it's like, if you win a lot of really close games one year, the next year odds are, if you still have those, you're getting the other tail end of it. And I kind of feel like that's what's happening. It's because Justin Jefferson, he's still pitting up over 100 yards per game. Like, at that point, you are getting your team to that red zone one way or another. He had that that fumble. I think that was more just a really bad break because if any wide receiver is near the end zone, they're going to reach. And it's just kind of like one of those things that, that sucked and it really did cost them. But, I mean, going into this Vikings-Chargers game next week, I'm taking the Vikings, in my opinion. I think it would be hilarious, and I still will root for a tie. That would be really funny. But it's they, they, they do got to get something clicking. They should beat some of these teams by more than a close score, more than a field goal, probably more than a touchdown. And I, I still think they'll have a chance. Granted, now their division is the Packers, Lions, and then them. And then you have Bears, who are just kind of a wash. So, there, it's hard to afford these losses too. Yeah, um, I just don't know what the Vikings are right now. Like Madison, kind of going in the wrong direction. Um, don't know if he's a running back one yet, just yet. I can't give it to him. But they're, I mean, they're. Kirk Cousins is still getting his fantasy points, or still doing his quarterback duties. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with the team. It might just be one of those things where they just need to tweak a few things. Maybe yeah. it's a scheme. Maybe it's, I, I don't know, maybe just plan differently for some of these games. Because they're also, like, not losing terribly. Yeah. Like, they're in 20-plus point games, and they're competitive the mm-hmm. entire time. It's just they're catching that short end of the stick. Definitely. But you can only catch so many before your season kind of turns into a hope for the playoffs instead of we're aiming for the playoffs. Yeah. Um. We also have uh, the Bengals, 0-2. I would say this is the bigger surprise to me, especially with him being paid the way he just did. My notes I put for that, it's just question marks because I don't know. I I can't pinpoint whether my best guess would be their O-line just really, really sucks. Yeah, so the Bengals, they kind of, I don't know, start slow or they've been doing that in recent years. Their offense starts slow, not really clicking as much. This game, they came out there uh, week two. They came out there and kind of turned it around a little bit. Still didn't get that W. But still, just based on the history with them, I wouldn't panic too much with the Bengals. I think they'll be good once Joe Burrow's injury kind of gets under control. Yeah, that's going to decide their season too. If he has to miss time, how long? Yeah. And then can they pull off any kind of win during that? 
Yeah. It's, it's going to be tough. Their offense is loaded, so they they should still be able to pull off a win here and there if they don't have him. So it's it's going to be a little weird. I do know the Pats are also, the Patriots are also 0-2. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that one's necessarily a surprise because they played the Eagles and then the Dolphins, two top five teams. And they were both pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really mention the Pats only because, yeah, throw out the zero and two record. I think the Patriots doing fine. They, yeah, I'd be more confident in them. Like if you were to match up all the zero and twos in one way or another, mm-hmm. I'd be the most confident in them getting a win. Yeah, on all these teams. The next week. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I guess our surprising two and zero teams. The, I mean, let's talk about the NFC East right now. I just put NFC beast. That's just what I put. The NFC East, I mean, it's looking really competitive. Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders. What's going on there? I think the Commanders are a little bit of a fraud, in my opinion. They beat the Cardinals and then the Broncos, two not very good teams. I think once they face the Eagles and Cowboys, they're they're probably going to lose both those matchups just because those are two overall better teams. Like, that's just how it is. On defense, they're better. On offense, they're better. The Commanders are a young team looking to build off a lot of these players they have, which mm-hmm. is still exciting to watch, especially if you're a Commanders fan since there's been so many years of misery, you know. But, I mean, the Commanders being 2-0, you got to give them props to an extent. Yeah. Com- I mean, I'm excited to see the Commanders-Cowboys. That rivalry goes way back. Um, or that, that organization and the Cowboys, I should say. It goes way back, but I don't see the commanders. If we're just thinking about team versus team, I don't see the commanders beating the Cowboys. But if I'm thinking about the rivalry there, I can see this game ending in like three to ten point, three to ten points favoring the Cowboys. Um, but Sam Howell, that's gonna be the that's your biggest factor there. Like he's gonna have to play. How is he going to react to Michael Parsons beating these linemen out their stance? Like he's beating linemen out their damn stance, and you just can't can't do anything about that. It's going to be tough for a young quarterback. Yeah. On, on the same side, though, iron does sharpen iron, and if they stick with him and he shows, I wouldn't say if he has good games against them, but if he has like okay games against them, that's mm-hmm. something to build off of. Yeah. Already, I think Sam Howe is going in the right direction. I I like him. I think. I didn't know UNC um, breeded quarterbacks. But, you know, they have Sam Howell, and they have also Drake May, who's out there in UNC doing his thing. But, I mean, that, that division now looks pretty competitive. The other division I kind of wanted to highlight in the same facts is uh, NFC South, because I think they've been highly considered one of the worst divisions in the NFL right now. And I, I wouldn't say... I would say they're on the upper end of worst divisions, if that makes sense. The Bucks, I think, are a pretty legit team. They can they can definitely run with the best of them. I think the Saints are kind of frauds right now. I think it's their defense that's got them these wins. And then the Falcons are just kind of – they're almost commanders, but the commanders are a few steps ahead, in my opinion, because they have, like, that absolute star running back. Yep. They have a really good wide receiver, Drake London. You have uh, Desmond, who – you don't know necessarily yet, but he's starting off 2-0, which is just – it's a good start, you know, one yeah. way or another. 
2-0 is a great start for team morale. Um, I know a lot of players might say we don't think about our record. We just go out there and play. Of course, they think about the record. But now you feel like, man, can't you don't want to get big-headed, but you also want to think about, okay, these teams can't stop us, blah, blah, blah. You, you need that confidence. Yeah. So I think, honestly, I think the Buccaneers come away with this um, division. Although Falcons, that young offense, they look great. I just think that Todd Bowles' defense on the Buccaneers pulls away with it. Yeah, I agree. I think Bucks won the division. I think Falcons come in second with anywhere between six and ten wins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like that's like kind that. of their threshold they're in. And that's a good season for the Falcons. For the, so yeah, like, that's a big turnaround. That's a big turnaround with a lot of young people to build off of. So it's still something very exciting to have. Yes. I will say, now this is probably not a shocker to a lot of people, but in my opinion it kind of is. I'm kind of surprised with the Ravens being 2-0 and right now. Surprised I, about it? Yeah. Made, granted, they should have beat Houston. Like That should have been a wash. But mm. with them being as beat up as they were going to that Bengals game, that – did genuinely impress me. So it's if that showed some kind of level of consistency, and if they can stay consistent, they will be one of the better teams in the AFC, in my opinion. Yeah, they, despite all the injuries, they somehow figure out how to still win. Like with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, exactly, he finds out how he figures out how to win. Yeah. And he looked good as a passer. Yeah. I'm sure there's still people with the stigma of, oh, that's a running back playing in the quarterback position. He he has only developed as a passer. Yeah, he's proven he's proven the critics wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Any other surprises or anything you want to talk about on these? No, man. I think we can roll into our big dogs of the week. Go ahead and lead us off. My big dog. I had a, I had a few of them. So I had... DeAndre, I was thinking about DeAndre Swift, T.J. Watt, Nico Collins, Mike Evans, and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. I'm going with T.J. Watt because he not only became the Steelers' sack leader, he he also scored his first touchdown in that game. So I have to give it up to T.J. Watt there. That's a history book game for him. Yeah, absolutely. It's in, I can only imagine what that would feel like. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. That's peak. Granted, yeah. doing that and winning like a Super Bowl, I think that's the peak of the peak. Yeah. <laughs> but like he's etching his name in the history books, especially with games like that. Yeah. As of not, as of right now, he's a Hall of Famer within the Steelers organization. He's now working on the NFL Hall of Famer and next getting to the Super Bowl and getting that uh ring. Yeah. If he continues to play the way he is and stays healthy, he will one hundred percent make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like that's there's not a doubt. Like as that. of right now, he it's, to me, if it's, I had to judge it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see either way for him right now, and that's impressive yeah. as it is. Yeah. Um, my ink, well, who's your big dog of the week? We'll go there. Uh, I got two of them, so I'll just go ahead and lift both of them off. Um, I want to give Swift his credit because I criticized him a lot week one. Mm-hmm. I think I might have criticized the Eagles in general more because they gave him one carry and, like, a few targets. But – with Gainwell going down, he stepped up in every way that he should have. He went off. He had 20 attempts, uh, carry attempts, 175 yards, and a touchdown. I think that was like his best game of his career. Of his career, And that yep. was his first start as the Eagles running back. Yeah, he pe- honestly, he peaked as um, – that was like a career peak for him. Also, 
I don't know if we would have seen that if Gainwell got injured. So it's, I mean, I'm happy for him. But I'm not, it's like at the cost of a teammate being injured. So it's like kind of watching what I'm say there, saying there. But I'm happy for Swift. Yeah, and when him showing up like this, if you're the Eagles like coaches, like you have to take this game into consideration. Granted, like you said, this game will be injured, so it's like you you, you weigh things a certain way. But I'm not convinced Gainwell would have came out and pit up these kind of numbers. I don't think so. And that's going to be a serious debate they have, whether it's more of just making it more of a split between the two, or if it's like, hey, Swift should start us off to see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, Swift got. The dominant amount of carries. I if Gainwell, even if you started Swift with Gainwell healthy, he would have. I don't think he still he wouldn't have had that. No, he gives and, me like maybe ninety two yeah. yards type of thing, and probably a touchdown just because you got to red zone at some point. So but it's just tough because it's like you wouldn't have known that if Gainwell got injured. But it's I don't think you panic and. Well, not really panic, but do something drastic and get rid of Gamewell. No, no, no. I, I don't think so either. Gamewell's still an asset. He's still a yeah. good player. It's just you have to rethink the snaps that each player gets now. Yeah. Uh, my other one I have, though, is Mike Evans with eight targets, six receptions, 171 yards, and a touchdown. He's kind of just been going off since week one. I know it was only week two, but like yeah. he was questionable going into the season health-wise. And most people, I think, think Godwin is number one. I, I still kind of think he is. But Mike Evans, you know, he didn't get the contract he wanted. He said if he didn't get it at the beginning of the year, he's going to search to be on another team. And that does not affect how he's playing at all. And I really respect that out of him. He's playing lights out right now. I mean, this is how you play if you want a new contract. He's putting on a show for his new team to come and give him that money. Um the dude has 237 yards in two games. It's insane. It's it's crazy because I thought he was slowing down a bit. I did too last year. I thought yeah. he was he was slowing down quite a bit. Yeah, but 237 in two games is crazy. Um, I also forgot to mention Nico Collins. I have to give him, along with T.J. Watt, the big dog of the week. I just I was kind of afraid to mention it because I'm trying to pry him away from someone in fantasy. <laughs> I mean, I don't think – It'll work, but Nico just looked good out there. He did. I, I've i never been too high on Nico. Um, I felt like he was a, a consistent player who could be a pretty solid number two pretty much wherever he went. But he made a point to be their number one guy there. Definitely. I mean, granted, I'm still going to put a little bit of an asterisk on the fact that is once over 31 to 10. But I think he did catch the first touchdown when it was somewhat competitive. And then it was just one of the things he caught the balls he had to catch. And that alone can go a long way in the NFL. I mean, he he looked like a matchup nightmare. Like, I think a lot of his catches were in a man-to-man defense. I think a decent amount were in zone, but the credit I'll give to that is that he found those soft spots. And that's, like, a big recognition thing for them, too. Okay. Like, he found those soft spots. I think he had a few catches on man-to-man, but just seeing – it's like, like Ridley did week one against the Colts. Mm-hmm. His touchdown was against the zone. And a lot of his chunk plays were in the zones because he knows where to go. Okay. Even if he has to stray away from his route a little bit, he knows how to get when that quarterback's scrambling, like, let me get that soft spot, give him an easy throw to get to. I mean, he did it. Like, yeah. He did good. He did really good. Nah, that, that's going to be a fun team to watch in the future. Like, they have those pieces. They need to just get the O-line together. Yeah, they're 
it's it's hard to gauge their O line because how banged up they are. Yeah, I think they had like five or six players that normally would be on the team injured yeah. for the O line, which is it's a whole new O line. That, that's hard. Yeah. And C.J. Stroud did pretty solid with that O line too. So mm-hmm. they'll be a young one, I think. They're both up and coming. Jags are kind of at their peak right now. Granted, you're going to have Lawrence for quite a while too. So just kind of depends on how their cap plays out, how they decide to keep moving forward. And the AFC South, not not this year, maybe not even next, but they're going to end up being one of those like top division teams if Stroud and Richardson kind of keep on the path that they're going. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to be a good help for their team. Um, going into those players that were not a good help for their team, those ankle biters. Um, mine, it, mine is Brees Hall. My other one is Josh Jacobs. I think Brees Hall only had four touches. Not sure what that was about from the Jets. You know, he's an asset to the team. But, I mean, he, he helps the team out big time, and you just give him four touches. He did – I don't know. I just don't understand that. It's It's one of those hard ones because, like – the team in general didn't play good. Mm-hmm. And, like, how do you only give him four touches type of thing? It's yeah. it's hard. It reminds me of Swift, like, week one kind of. Like, yeah. he got one touch, but, like, well, why? Like, is is Hall, did he aggravate, re-aggravate something and they're just kind of not saying and kind of limit his snap kind of a little bit? Mm-hmm. Or was it just against a tough defense where they thought Dalvin Cook would do better because he kind of is more of a power runner? Yeah, maybe they are just trying to prolong Brees. You know, not have him out there against a tough defense. I mean, that's – I would not see a team doing that. Like, you have to prepare him for this. Right. Also, I, I don't know. Again, that that just didn't sit well with me as, like, a football fan. You just have this young quarterback in Zach Wilson that maybe you don't trust. So, why won't you rely on Cook and Brees? Brees yeah. being the younger quarterback, that can, that's elusive. I, I agree. And then you said your other one was Josh Jacobs, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I don't know what the hell is going on with them over there, too. Um, their offense isn't really putting up that many points. And I feel like if you're struggling, like, Josh Jacobs is really good. Yeah. Why are you not feeding him more? Yeah, I think I think there he had the negative, what, negative two yards. It's just hard to get the running game going. I don't think they had a good game on the ground. Um, Josh Jacobs had the six catches, but I wouldn't buy too much into his or the early struggles with the Raiders defense, because I think I've seen this in the past, uh, last season and they turned it around maybe, maybe fourth or fifth game. I see them turning it around, but they're a really slow starting team. Yeah, I agree. And I think like Jacobs the last half of the year last year was like top three running backs for fantasy wise. Yeah. Um, so it's he was number one in yards. Yeah, like he, it's crazy. It's it's more the fact that they're not giving him more. It's what's really weird to me. Yeah. And I think that kind of falls back on coaching. Not much else you can blame on. Um, I got two ankle biters as well. My first one to start off with is I think a pretty obvious one with Alexander Madison. He had eight attempts for twenty eight yards. I know this Eagles D-line is really good, but he didn't do good week one either. And I was kind of giving him a little bit of slacks like week mm-hmm. one. Uh, but you come out and you do kind of like the same thing, it feels like. The week one, it was a little bit better than this week. But it when you watch it, you expect more. Definitely. Out of and don't get me wrong, eight attempts is not that great. 
but you only got 28 yards out of that, and something just doesn't seem right with that too. I mean, maybe they just felt like they needed to pass more, but when Dalvin Cook was there, that run game was different. It was completely different, and a lot of people expected him to step up, maybe not fully into his shoes, but similar. Yeah, I, I'm not one of those people. I don't think he'll be able to fit the shoes of Dalvin Cook. I think he was a great compliment to Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook goes out there, pounds the defense, and then you put Madison in there, put some, put a little speed in there. But now it's like your one-two punch is gone. You're just relying on Madison, and I just don't think he can carry that weight. Yeah, I think a lot of people are probably going to bench him in the upcoming weeks. Definitely. I'll probably start him in a few of my leagues still just because he still is our RB1. Mm-hmm. When so that changes, yep. yeah, he's going to get those attempts, especially if it ends up being a game where they either run away or even if they're just trying to slow the clock down, you know, running back ones, that's where they really start to get those touches. It's it's going to be something to watch, though, because I could also see them making a move for another running back. Yeah. Go more by committee. Yeah, I – I don't like it right now. Maybe it's too early to call it. Maybe, you know, he gets it together, gets back in practice, turns it around. Or maybe, you know, he needs to go somewhere else. He needs to start thinking about who replaces him. Yeah, I agree. My second is going to be Deshaun Watson. Now, I will say this with a baby, little baby tiny asterisk, because the Steelers defense played amazing. I will say that. They played really, really, really good. But Watson was 22 of 40 attempts, which is not good. And then he had 235 yards. It's not terrible. You can win a game with that. But you have one touchdown and one interception. I think he also fumbled at some point. Yeah, he did fumble. You're playing a division rival. You know the Steelers' defense is going to be good. You can, beginning of every year, you can pretty much say that, especially when they play a division game. And then you just come out and... You you stunk, quite frankly. Like you are not the player that was worth however many picks they gave up. How all that kind of stuff. Like it kind of goes to even like Joe Burrow being paid as much as he is. Like there's assets in you. You got to show up somehow. And he just looked like a Browns quarterback during that game. Yeah, and that's not good. Yeah, um, he came out thinking it. I have to definitely give, and this is like bias aside, I have to give credit to the Steelers' defense there because they just got like whooped on a week ago, so they're going to come out motivated. Yeah, they played really good. And I just think Watson may have played them on the wrong week. Like maybe just played a fucking motivated team where you just came out kind of relaxed, maybe, and you just you just weren't ready for that. But he didn't look good at all. No, I'm curious to see how he moves forward against good defenses. Mm-hmm. You know, week one, he looked pretty solid against the Bengals. I think their their defense isn't bad. It's yeah. mid, maybe upper mid-ish. Mm-hmm. But when you play a team like the Steelers defense comes out motivated or you just play like a good defense in general, those are those games where you have to be competitive. Yes, I know this one was competitive, but honestly, if the Steelers offense had anything going, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't right. have been at all. Yeah. So now nah, that is right. It's it's something to think about, something to look forward on. You know, he didn't have that great of a season last year when he played for his four or however many games it was. Yeah. We'll see. It's this game was just not a good game by him, in my opinion. So nah, it wasn't. I do want to move off of the NFL a little bit and kind of touch on UFC just a little bit because we had two fighters that we really like fighting. Mm-hmm. You had Holland fighting. I think that was a good fight by him. 
the other dude he fought though, I, it felt like a bad matchup for Holland. The other dude's boxing was cr- his combos that he threw on him was insane and hit so hard. Yeah, Holland didn't seem ready for that. Um, Holland had some some punches go his way, some some were landing, but uh, was it JDM? He he just looked prepared, focused. Like he like he studied tape on Holland and yeah, just knew exactly all he, of his moves. Like how okay, this is how he fights shorter people, you know, or some something like that. He just yeah. it just seemed like his preparation was just way better than Holland's there. Yeah, I agree. I mean Holland is known for taking a lot of fights in a year and sometimes it can come and bite you when it comes mm-hmm. something like this. You know, yeah. you you might not get much rest compared to, you know, other people. Um, I know like training camps can be pretty long. And your body's always in work. Granted, it's always good to stay in that good of a shape too, but it just it just felt like a, a bad matchup for him. The dude just felt like he could counter him. Felt like he hit harder than him. Uh, granted, I will say Holland's jab was incredible. He had a very yes. very good jab, and that kept him pretty competitive during this whole fight. Yeah, so, he Holland's pretty quick with the jab. Yeah, and he didn't lose to a bad fighter either, which is another thing. It's like. A few things in this fight could have gone differently, and he could have won. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, like, a knockout or anything, but, like, there could have been a few different things in the rounds that could have gone differently to kind of switch it around. And Holland is turning into a pretty big UFC fan favorite. That crowd was going wild for him. Yeah, over in Mexico, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Getting the fan love. But, I mean, I'm looking forward to Holland's next fight, too. He's he's just a fun dude to watch. Yeah, favorite fighter. Moving into the main event, one of my favorite fighters, Valentina Shantanko. I I was really upset that this ended in a draw. In my opinion, she won four of the five rounds. You can make an argument for three to two. Even with that argument, it's still her up a round. Mm-hmm. And it's it's tough because she looked really, really good. Granted, Grasso, she didn't look bad. She she has some power. She has some yeah. real power behind her punches. She looked just, like she was out there eating punches. Like yeah. Some things weren't even impacting her. Yeah, exactly. And her grappling is really good, too. Like, when they went to the ground, it mm-hmm. was back and forth between them, which is really cool to see. Her her ground defense was great. Yeah, it was it was really, really good. It's just, it, to call that a draw just blows my mind. It I wanted Valentina to take this belt back and honestly potentially retire. But if she comes back fighting the way she is, I want to see her keep fighting. And... She called out the uh, the judges at mm-hmm. the end of the fight, saying, "You know, it's like the they felt pressure from the crowd because Grasso is also from Mexico and yeah. this and that, which <clears throat> you don't really see USC fighters do because I think they're kind of scared to say stuff like that. But she's like a world class one of one fighter, so it's kind of to me, it's actually kind of cool to see her call them out and their bullshit like that because something something with these judges just didn't make sense to me. I don't know if it was really the pressure from the crowd or like." They're just not good judges. One yeah. way or another, people need to call out these bullshit judges at the end of these fights. Granted, there will be fighters who call them out when they did clearly lose. Mm-hmm. But like, when stuff like this happens, they gotta call their bullshit, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think I think Shashenko did win, but not by much. Like, not by much, only because Rasa came. I feel like she came back with that knockdown she had. She had a knockdown, and then I think what really swung it is the fifth round when Valentina dominated 85% of that fifth round, mm-hmm. and then Grasso yes. dominated the last little bit of it. Yep. And it's like her dominating that last little bit 
I felt like it weighed too much on the scorecard. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think that's what really screwed Valentina. And yeah, it's, and it's it, annoying, though. I can see how being a judge, you can get swayed by the crowd. I don't know. I don't, like, I'm not too big on how they judge it, how they score it. So maybe I need to get more into it. But I don't know how you call that a draw. Yeah, I I really am not sure. Uh, I hope they get an instant run back because that was a really good fight either way. Like, Grasso held her own in every sense for the most part. Mm-hmm. So they should get that instant run back. That division is not very deep to begin with. Yeah. And people are going to want to see Valentina fight way more than any other opponent that can come up. Yeah. So I give the run back and let Valentina win it this time. Because <laughs> yeah. it's you, maybe in a neutral place, not Mexico, not – I think Valentina's from – could be like Russia. It's like one of those random places over there. Mm. Um, but make it somewhere neutral. Like take away any kind of excuse of a judge being Good swayed. Point. Yeah. Like don't don't give any excuses. And quite frankly, if I'm Valentina, I'm going in to finish this time. Like also don't leave it up to the judges. That's also a big thing. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to see them fight again. I kind of like that fight. Yeah, that was good. The the top women fighters are really entertaining. Like, really, really entertaining. So, it's fun. The right. the UFC is in a good spot right now with what they got going on. And um, I'm excited to see it moving forward. Sweet. I believe that is all we got. Yep. Wrapping up week two, going into week three. We should have our next episode out Friday. Friday. Friday, yep. We'll record Friday, have it out Friday. Listen to it on the weekend before Sunday night starts. We'll recap Thursday a little bit. Granted, I don't think it's going to be a competitive game in any way, shape, or form. We'll still talk about it. And until then, we're out.